Hands, whatever you do, do well, for when you go to the grave, there will be no work or planning or knowledge or wisdom. By Terry Pollard. Terry Pollard is a hospice nurse in Pacific Washington. Her father pastored in Ohio, New Jersey, and California. He prayed her through nursing school and many other challenges. I am a hospice nurse. While many moments stand out with intense meaning in the work that I do, I always seem to notice hands. I can see, sense, and feel the work, love, pain, strength, longing, vulnerability, and passion of an entire lifetime in an individual's hands. They tell me the story of that person's life. Music. I arrived at a hospice patient's home for a time of death visit. Her hands were translucent white. I folded them across her still and silent chest, and they fit perfectly together. I noticed the sinew of her long, thin fingers. Her hands are so beautiful, I said quietly. She was a classical violinist, her husband murmured as tears filled his eyes. He pointed to a case in the corner of the room. She loved her violin. He scrolled through his phone, and soon the most splendid song filled the room. I heard the violin solo and knew she was the one performing it. As her body began to cool and stiffen in the room, the perfect violin solo continued. We stood together by her bedside, looking at her hands. I saw his face caught in memory, while mine was caught in imagining how her lovely fingers caressed and held her violin and bow. I could sense her accomplishment and his wonder at her mastery. When the song ended, I thanked him for sharing her beautiful song with me. Food. I knocked on the blue front door to see a patient with a changing condition. The woman who answered the door invited me into the home decorated with images of Greek islands. Yaya's in her bedroom, she told me. I followed the woman past the kitchen, noting the Greek kala's brand salt on the stove and the blue and white checked placemats on the table. She led me down the hallway decorated with Greek key wallpaper. We entered a room where Yaya was lying in bed resting, her eyes closed. As I came near to her, she opened her eyes and grabbed my hand. Her fingertips were flat, her nails cut short, sunspots freckling her dry skin. She gripped my hand firmly with her huge hand, smiling through missing teeth and hairy lips. She did not speak much English, but her daughter explained to her that I was there to check on her. I took my time listening to her heartbeat, admiring the strength of her hand as she continued to clasp mine. I asked her daughter if Yaya was a good cook, and she told me her mother had grown all her own vegetables and cooked everything fresh from the garden. She described the wonderful breads, pastries, and pastas Yaya would knead and cut on her wooden boards. She would sift homegrown spices through her fingers. I could smell and taste it all by the feel of her grip, by the freckles on her hands, by the protruding veins. Her life work was in her hands. When I finished my assessment, she put my hand between both of hers and patted it. She closed her eyes and let go. I didn't want her to. I felt safe, cared for, nurtured, mentored by her large hands. Forgiveness. 
I was called to an assisted living facility because a patient had fallen twice in the past two days. Upon my arrival, the caregiver explained that the patient was found face down on the floor in her apartment. She was sitting up in her recliner now, brows furrowed, light blue eyes focused on mine. I asked her if she was in pain, and she muttered a word I did not immediately understand. I began to look at her face and assess for any signs of head injury from her fall. Her cornflower blue eyes bored into mine, and she muttered, Forgiveness. I squatted down in front of her, and she reached out for my hand. I need forgiveness, she said. I asked her if she would like me to contact a chaplain, but she shook her head. I need forgiveness now. She reached out her other hand, and I took it in mine. Her touch was gentle, yet strong. I said a brief prayer to myself. Lord, please help me to know what to do in this situation. I noticed a Bible on the nightstand, and the words came to me. I said, You are forgiven. That's what the Bible says. When you ask for forgiveness, you are forgiven. Her hands squeezed mine. She looked at me through moist blue eyes and said, Thank you. Thank you so much. I asked her if she would like me to pray with her, and she nodded. I prayed, asking God for forgiveness and for her pain to be taken from her. I asked for her to be surrounded by love and her angels. When I finished praying and opened my eyes, her face and body had completely relaxed. I remained kneeling in front of her, her hands in mine, watching the peace on her face. As I gently released her hands, she folded them in her lap in prayer. Father, in the filtered light coming through the shade, I could see the shape of another hospice patient, but this time it was my father. His breathing was irregular, his eyes closed. As I took in the scene in the room where he would die, I noticed his familiar face, the bump on his nose, the ever-present slight grin on his lips. I gave him a gentle kiss and could feel his rough facial stubble on my cheek. I sat down beside him, and my tearful gaze was drawn to his hands effortlessly folded over his lap. I could see his entire life in those hands, marked by sun and age spots I knew so well. He earned those marks working in the tobacco fields as a child, picking blueberries in the summer sun as a young man, building tents before camp meeting as a pastor. I saw his capable, productive fingers punching out sermons on his manual typewriter, driving a stick shift as he gracefully slid into overdrive, rebuilding an engine on his Volkswagen, chopping wood, skillfully navigating a canoe, painting our house, and burning everything he could on burn days. Every summer of my childhood, he'd load our tent, sleeping bags, camp cots, and Coleman stove into the car, and then set up camp somewhere in nature for a family vacation. I could see the patients in his hands, holding a peanut until a chipmunk felt safe enough to take it from his fingers and pushing the grandkids on the swings until they fell asleep or finally said they'd had enough. I saw the love in his hands and remembered how he gently held my babies, shook his members' hands after church, carried my suitcase, opened doors, cared for my declining mother, and dialed my phone number every Friday night to chat. I saw his life purpose in his hands. He folded them in prayer for all of us. 
He held his Bible lovingly, fingertips gently turning the pages. His hands tucked his red and blue highlighter pencil behind his ear after marking his favorite passages. He dedicated children to God, baptized souls, laid tile on the church roof, assisted those in need, comforted the sick and downtrodden. His whole life was in his gently folded hands, a life that was complete. They were twisted and thin and mottled and cooling, but his lifeblood still flowed through the veins, and his hands still brought healing, hope, and love. Capable hands, comforting hands, hands that tell the story of a life. For more articles and resources for ministerial spouses, please visit ministerial.adventist.org slash spouses.